If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. At Horse Chats today, we've got Kerry Thomas. Now, we've talked to Kerry Thomas a couple of times, and we talked to him about her dynamics, which is a very interesting subject itself. Kerry's at THT Bloodstock, and, um, you know, if you want to have a look at their website, it's thtbloodstock.com or their Facebook page, or just go to horsechats.com and search for Kerry Thomas, and you'll find all those details. So today, we're going to be talking about observational insights in behaviour in foals. So if you've bred foals, you've seen a group of foals and you'd like to get your potential future champion, I think this is something that you really need to listen to. I think anyone that's had anything to do with young horses looked at the behaviour and how that's carried through to them as an older horse and how well they've gone. It's a very interesting subject. But before we do that, I'd just like to remind you about the motto of International Horse College and that's people's safety and horse welfare. So if that's the way you feel when you're working with horses, have a look at the website now at internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352, and you can contact through there and talk to the friendly staff about your career within the horse industry. Now today, Kerry, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, Kerry, I'm, look, I'm doing very well, and I'm very happy to talk to you about this subject because I know that that's something that you really specialise in, and THT Bloodstock, you're pretty much the leaders in the world here. Is that right? I mean, this isn't something that everyone does because they don't have the knowledge to be able to do it, and the horse profiling. Yeah, yeah, we, we are considered the world leaders in, in innovation in this in this area of expertise, and it's... Uh... It's a fascinating area of study because it's so it's so profoundly important to every aspect of the horse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I know that you heard dynamic evaluation work. You do it internationally. You focus on yearlings at auctions, particularly horses racing or breeding age, but you also do evaluation of foals and not just for racing either. Is that right? Yeah, for, and yeah. It, it, we, we work with every discipline. You yeah. know, my motto is, you know, herd dynamics are for every horse, every discipline, everywhere. Yep. And yep. Yep. we provide full evaluations for all disciplines, even the backyard, you know, even the backyard pony if you, for, for someone looking to, hey, should I keep this horse? Should I sell this horse? And what, what kind of dynamics are, are, are emerging here? Um, so we, you know, for me, I'm passionate about the horse. So the discipline is kind of secondary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, when you're evaluating the foals or the yearlings, the testing process, is that similar to what you might do for the older horses or, or is it something entirely different? It's similar, you know, but it's heavy, heavily slanted on the observational side of things mm -hmm. uh, regarding how, how the young horse is beginning to interpret their environment. So obviously you're, you have limitations on a young horse and you have to uh, take, take a lot of things into account, but there's also... Uh, clues in the observational aspect of how they're interacting with the environment. So there are, there are definite uh, similarities, but really there's, there's uh, quite a few differences as well, just because of the age. Yeah. But the information that you get is uh, pretty fascinating, to be honest. It's pretty fun. Okay. And then because they're so young, what sort of things are you looking to identify? You know, we're looking for the baseline of their natural interpretive ability. 
you know, the developing interpretational aspect is, is very, very important. And that tells you a lot of what's happening with the horse, you know, initially. You know, the, the interpretational aspect is begins to develop almost immediately. And uh, th- this tells you a lot about the horse's future ability to learn, assimilate, and adapt. And, and these are really the key things. You know, a young horse is not going to give you um, the overwhelming amount of information. They're going to give you really key pieces to their puzzle. And this is what you're looking for. And, and really one of the most important keys lies in, the, in that developing interpretive aspect. Okay. Now, I'm thinking about the relationship between the mare and foal. Can you assert anything like if you're observing that relationship? Yeah, yeah. You know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of clues to the, the individual development in that relationship, you know, in, 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 that, um, in the dynamics of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting to see how different foals and different mothers and, you know, the feelings and the moms and, how, and this whole interaction. You learn a lot from the interpretive process of the mother uh, because the mare is going to have a certain well-developed behavioral tendencies, you know, and, and how much of this information is she imparting or attempting to impart to her offspring. And then by the same token, how much of that information is actually being responded to, absorbed, you know, quote unquote, is, is am I listening to mommy mm-hmm. or am I kind of like, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. And, and so you, you're going to find a lot of interesting aspects to the individual in that cohesive relationship. So it, 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 it's, a, it's a very interesting and kind of an inception part of the, of the process of, of the evaluation. All right. Just thinking about the behavioral stamping. So if you're identifying the earmarks of behavior, do you find the behavioral stamping to leave any significant mark? Yes. You know, that I always tell folks, it's, very, it's, it's a very fascinating thing. You know, we always talk about, and, and, and certainly true, that, that horses leave you know, physical stamping, you may, you may see a certain forelock, you may see a certain shoulder angle, um, you know, just various things that physical stamping from, from the stallion or brood bear. But, you know, they also stamp behaviorally as well. And there are very um, unique idiosyncrasies of each horse, male, uh, mom and dad, basically, that yep. can be imparted to the baby. And so behavioral stamping is, is very, very important to look for. And what you want to see it's most apparent in the peculiar ways horses translate their environment and their experiences. So basically, it's kind of the inflection of that translation. You're going to see similarities in this behavioral stamping from, from the stallion or the broodmare if you know them well. And even if you don't, you know, a lot of times we'll go back and if we're looking at uh, young horses, we'll try to go back as far as we can with any video that we can gather or personal inspections that we can get a chance to do to take a look at the behavioral dynamics of the stallion and the broodmare and how these horses responded to certain types of stimuli and how it affected their movements, how it affected their interpretational processes in their own lives and how that affected their athleticism. <clears throat> so it gives you a pretty good clue that if you begin to see these uh, stamping baseline stamps of these earmarks in these young horses, you can kind of get an idea of what slant uh, they're going to and portray as the horse gets older, you know, which, which way are these things likely to develop in, in these horses? So behavioral stamping is really, to me, one of the most important parts of the evaluation process to, to really give you clues to kind of peer into the future of, of probability. And I think it's far too often underappreciated. 
you know, we always talk about people that we know in our lives and says, hey, you know, you, you're just like your mom or <laughs> you're just like your dad or your granddad, those kind of things, you know, and and that is significant because even though it may seem just like a innocuous statement, it plays a very important role, especially when you're with a horse's life. So it's a fascinating thing. And I, I can go on and on for days and days about behavioral standing because it's one of the most fascinating parts of behavioral genetics that I have encountered so far. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm just thinking, though, if as the horse grows, right, do they, is there changes of patterns of behavior? Can that be expected? Do they dramatically alter who they are? Are they always the same? No, you know, it's not going to be the same. You know, they're, they're, let's put it this way. The, the manner in which a horse expresses themselves will be influenced by seasoning and experiences and those kind of things, of course. But, the, you know, the underlying inherent patterns of their behavior are still going to be, you know, the governing force behind it. Basically, you know, so to speak, that the what is is always going to be governed by who is. You know, mm-hmm. so who the horse is inherently is going to it's going to govern what they do and how they respond to different stimuli. Now, of course, you know we have to take into account uh, this is the raw horse, but we have to take into account you know the human interference, if you will, in in the horse's life and the things that we you know train them to do or try to train them to do, and all those all the things that we ask of them as they grow older and things that they must adapt to. I think it's really important to know who your horse is, you know, at the core, because then it allows you to better put together a program to be fit who they are. Instead of trying to fit that round peg into a round hole, you know, when you have an idea of the psychological parameters that you're dealing with, you can trade your curriculum accordingly. And so, yes, seasoning and, and experiences and, and, you know, all the things that we that can expect them to experience throughout our lives will certainly play its role and have its influence, but the core of who they are will still govern how that is communicated you know, in, in through the environment. Okay. So we're thinking about a long-term picture. You know, we've got a snapshot of the youth. So there's certain markers that you can unveil that maybe give a clue to that horse's future development? Yeah. You know, it, it's one of the cool things to look forward to, and there's so many, I use this term a lot because it is cool and fun and fascinating looking, looking at baby horses. It's just so much to it. Um, a lot of things are in motion with these horses, obviously, and, and psychologically, uh, there are lots of things are, are happening pretty rapidly, but you can really find clues, um, you know, in areas such as their ability to manage the environment, sudden changes in, in the environment, uh, what kind of effect are stresses from the environment having upon them, Yep, and really... The effects of stress are essential to look for in the young horses because it gives you a very important window into their assimilation processes and their their ability to adapt. Uh, do they have a desire to outsource? You know, hey, I can't I can't figure this out, so I'm going to ask a buddy. I'm going to ask my mom. I'm going to ask someone else to figure this out for me to ease my personal stress, mm-hmm. or not, or I can handle it on my own. Or I'm how how inquisitive am I? You know, things like that, but. You know, these things are all, the, the, this is all by association. So they, they learn by association. So earmarking and identifying the developing patterns in the associative process is a very important part of that snapshot to give you clues to that horse's future development and, and their potential. Yeah, yeah, okay. Then. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, 
is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. That environment, I know you've written a great deal about how the environment affects the horses in training and their keeping and overall competitions, but what about a young horse? How much can you learn about a young horse and their interaction with the environment and each other? Yeah, there's actually a great deal we learn there because the template is there. You know, the, the foundation is there. The template of the self yep. is, is all right there in front of you. And there may be missing pieces that are not quite all the, all the way together yet. It, you have a puzzle in front of you and the pieces are all there. Uh, some are together, some are coming together, some are not together, you know, but the template for which the, the future horse is built is all right there in front of you. And so you're going to see how these pieces of the puzzle begin to form together in pretty much everything that the young horse does. You know, there's going to be clues to, every, to, to this puzzle, to this big jigsaw puzzle, and, and everything the young horse does. Nothing is not important. You know, every, every little thing is actually uh, connected to something else in the young horse. So, you know, they're stringing their lives together. They're experiencing things. They're bouncing around, all this kind of stuff. And you're going to begin to see emerging patterns. And you're going to begin to see where these pieces fit together and, and how the horse begins to associate and learn and how they're connecting things together. You know, do they do the same thing over and over again? You know, you're going to be looking for developing tendencies mm-hmm. and, you know, how they interact with other horses, their environment will start to take on tendencies. You know, they'll start to take on kind of very similar tones, if you will, in similar circumstances. Um, and so you're going to start to see these little pieces of the puzzle start to make sense as they, as they begin to come together. Okay. I love the way that you talk about a big jigsaw puzzle. I think that sort of puts it all together. Mm. <laughs> I, I always try to say, you know, in horse, you, know, you, you have all the, all these ingredients are there, you know, yeah. there's every, everything is there, you know, that somebody has taken the bag and they cut the bag open and they dumped all these puzzle pieces out and they're all there for you to put together. And you're not going to be able to put them together properly or help put them together properly until you begin to understand them individually. Mm-hmm. You, you can't, you know, it's very, very difficult, as a lot of people who will tell you who have ran into, quote, unquote, trouble with horses or, or trouble with the relationship with their horse. And, you know, it's hard to understand the entirety of the picture that you're looking at unless you take the time to understand the individual pieces that make up that picture. You know, and that's what herd dynamic profiling for any age horse is really all about. Okay. It is about bigger picture and identifying those individual pieces. Yep. So is it possible then to determine behaviorally, like in youth, if a given foal will develop that sense of independence or sense of dependency just within that herd dynamic? Yeah, yeah, there, there are because you have to remember, you know, I always have people say to me what, what their horse did. Uh, my horse is doing this. My horse is doing that. And every time I do this, the horse does this. And, 
And that's all well and good. And of course, that's interesting anecdotal information. But the real key is it's not what they do. It, it, it's how they do it. And so, you know, I'll have someone say to me, I hear this quite often. Oh, I'm so excited. You know, my, my little colt, he, he can go away from the broodmare, you know, 15, 20 feet, and he's very independent, and he does all these things. Um, well, just because a, a young horse is separated from mommy out there in the field doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean the horse is, uh, has a sense of independence. You know, the horse could also be aloof and, you know, a wandering, not paying attention. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, hey, where the heck am I? You know, <laughs> but it could mean independence, but the act itself is not. It's how it's done. You know, it's the dynamics, it's the parameters, it's everything involved you know, with what they're doing and how they're doing it. So the how is more important than the what in this particular case. Um, it doesn't mean that because one horse is oftentimes 30 feet away from broodmare yep. and the other horse is, is always within 10 feet of the broodmare, that information of and in itself doesn't indicate that horse A is going to be a higher herd dynamic than horse B. It just indicates that, well, one is 10 feet away and one is 30 feet away. It's really the manner in which it's done that, that is the important part. Okay. Okay. So I'm just thinking about the clues to the horse's future athletic aptitude. Okay. Psychologically, is that found within the herd dynamic in the foals youth? Yeah, there are, there are certain, you know, base values that afford a lot of insight to this. Obviously, there's no definitive proof, you know, either way, but there are clues, you know, to the slant. So, you know, you, you're going to find clues in an athletic slant in the sensory system, you know, how efficient is the horse's sensory system? You know, mm-hmm. how, how, how well are they able to identify stimulus and then interpret that stimulus and then respond to that stimulus, you know? So how efficient is that sequence of events? Because that's one of the most important uh, efficiency tests that any athlete must be good at in order, in order to have a chance of being, you know, to ha- reach the goals of being a top athlete. And the earmarks of this are going to be right there at the very beginning. You know, from the time the horse was born, sensory, efficient, sensory efficiency will begin to develop quite rapidly because it's one of the most important parts for survival. You know, it's a very basic instinct part of the horse. So <clears throat> I need to know pretty quickly between the difference of, you know, a sagebrush blowing across the prairie and, you know, a wolf coming at me or something like that. You know, you need to know the difference between predator uh, and, and what is not predator if you're a prey animal, especially living in the open, as horses do, in, in, in nature. So, you know, the sensory efficiency is your first big clue to overall athleticism. Now, that doesn't, you know, sensory efficiency controls purposeful motion or non-purposeful motion. It, you know, it's the difference between reactive, you know, to something like a nervous reaction and, and that kind of thing and, and loss of body control under stress or... I have body control under stress, and I can control myself, and I know, uh, I know what's there, so I know which way I'm going. So these these kind of things, all obviously, like I said, there's no definitive proof, you know, one way or the other, but there are clues that says, well, the likelihood is in, in this horse's favor based upon these things. You never know how a horse is going to grow physically, but if you don't have the core operating system, it doesn't really matter what kind of machine you have. Okay. Okay. Now, I think this is an important one because, you know, this is a, yeah, it's very much debated in the human thing, but but the athletic ability and the leadership, 
Is that innate or is that a learned behaviour that it's collected along the way? Is it nurtured, developed? Tell us a little bit about the athletic ability and leadership. You know, for me, for, first of all, I differentiate between ability and talent. And in okay. my opinion, talent is physical. You know, talent is a physical thing, mm-hmm. and ability is is a psychological thing. So, you know, I, I look at all horses as being athletically talented in some respect. I mean, a horse is obviously they're they look beautiful when they run. Heck, I even love watching a horse walk across the field. I just think it's so beautiful and athletic. And, you know, so, so to me, there's a separation between talent which is, you know, the physical thing and the athletic ability, which to me is, is, the, is the psychological part. And to me, athletic ability is, it is innate. You know, you, you have the natural rhythm to a horse. You have the natural ability to assimilate. You have the natural ability to uh, interpret properly. You have, the, you have the natural ability with, with a very smooth and efficient sensory system. And you have the natural ability to handle stress. Um, without outsourcing it and without having it affect you. These are all natural abilities uh, of, of athleticism. And, you know, that doesn't mean the horse is going to go on to be a great athlete because, you know, athletic-minded in youth benefits greatly from uh, developing and nurturing. It really needs to be – because that being athletic-minded on its own is just a mother's way of saying – this is probably going to end up being a, a herd leader at one time or other in this horse's life. But to translate this information to our domesticated world for sports, <clears throat> and it, because athletic-minded in nature just means highly efficient. But athletic-minded in, in the human world means, hey, we got, we got some hope here for you know, a, a lot of uh, ability to optimize the physical talent. And what you need to do is you, you need to have that nurtured and developed along the way. Because a lot of times, I often feel like the, the most underappreciated part, the undercoached, if you will, part of the horse is, is, is their psychology. Yes. You know, and that's not, you know, I always say you, you nurture the horse and you develop the athlete, you know, so to speak. You, you, the horse uh, is, is still a horse 24-7. And they're going to be, quote unquote, an athlete when you ask them to be, you know, so you have to pay a lot of attention to to the psyche. So the nurturing process is is very, very important uh, part of that. But it is, in my opinion, it is a very natural part and a very innate part of the horse. Okay. Okay. It's very interesting, Kerry. Every time I talk to you, you explore this in so much depth. And I just think about it more and more. I've got Lots of questions for you, of course, but, you know, we can't, can't talk all day and I know your time's valuable, but I'm in Australia, you're in the US. If I want you to have a look at a fold, if I'm, you know, looking at a herd of horses and I would like to select one, you know, or, or I've got horses myself, I'd like you to look at the folds. How can we do that? Can you operate by video? I mean, this is something that you offer, but, or can we read more about it or get in touch with you? What's the best way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot. You know, I, I have a lot of information available on uh, my blog at the website, and I also write a column uh, on. I put out these research papers and, and essays and position papers on these subjects. I have a column on a website called PassTheWire.com. It's called Carrie's Column. Yep. If you Google Carrie's uh, Column Archives, K-E-R-R-Y, Carrie Carrie's Corner. 
uh, archives or past the wire. You'll find the archives to the, to the articles. You know, as far as services go, uh, and, and we're hoping to be in Australia actually in uh, January yep. of 2021. So that would be great, and I'll keep you up to date on that. Now, is that uh, for yearling sales? Is that for sales that you're going to be in Australia? Yeah, that that that's hope, and you know that's being talked about right now. So we hope that it comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And uh, and I'd like to obviously coming to Australia has, has been uh, one of my boyhood dreams of uh, for since I since I can remember to to mm-hmm. go uh, to come down under to you there, and uh, so I'm hoping that comes true, and I get to spend some additional time and meet a lot of people and look at a lot of courses and stuff like that. But, you know, with the, with the modern technology that we have available to us today, uh, video evaluations are one of our most, um, uh, I guess you'd say, popular international services because we can we do a lot of video profiling, video analysis uh, just from here, right here in the office, you know, and, and send us videos and um, and we can evaluate that way. Obviously, there's no nothing uh, supersedes being with the horse in person, but you do get quite a bit of wonderful information information through video. Okay. And we can actually, you know, I can actually, if you have things specifically that you're looking for or looking to do with the horse, there are specific types of videos that we can um, let you know how to take them so that mm-hmm. they're the most useful for us. Okay, perfect. Kerry, I'm looking forward to talking to you some more, particularly about behavioural stamping, because I think there's a lot more that we can talk about, and I've certainly got a lot more questions. So, um, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you have to come it, back again. Stamping. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Without, without a doubt, and I would like to say, too, if anyone listening has, has a question, you know, it, it doesn't cost you to answer questions. You know, shoot me mm-hmm. an email, uh, you know, get in touch. You know, I, I, I don't... Uh, you know, I'm not, a, not, I'm not an attorney. I'm not going to charge you for conversations. Mm-hmm. So I like I, I like to uh, field question, and, and uh, I get to learn, too. You know, and okay. we're always learning in this business, and that's one of the things that I like a lot about it. Okay, okay. All right. Well, look, if you'd like to uh, get in contact with Kerry, we've sort of got some details here, and we'll have all those details on horsechat.com. And I think if you just go there and search for Kerry Thomas, you'll find all the contact details. Kerry's done a few other chats with us and you'll find all those details at the bottom of the pages for each chat. So thank you again, Kerry, for coming on and um, looking forward to catching up with you about behavioural stamping or one of the many other subjects that you can chat about in more depth. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I definitely appreciate it. I always enjoy it. Okay, bye-bye. All right, take care. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 